Continentals can take the lead. Can it go more with a crossover? Lays it up and in. The Hamilton, the first lead of the game. And this place is deafening. There's a rebound and it'll go. And the Hamilton Continentals win. Welcome to the 50 Years of Hamilton College Basketball Podcast, Episode 11, the final episode. Vincent Kahn, Spencer Kendall, and Michael McEnany, Class of 2021. These recent graduates talk about their excitement during two Sweet 16 appearances, what it was like playing with an All-American, share some fun stories about bus trips, and the experience of having a lost COVID season in 2021. Here we go. Gentlemen, welcome to our podcast today. Um, great having you three. This is our final podcast of our series here, taking uh, everybody back through 50 years of Hamilton basketball. And I'm glad the three of you were able to join. And I, I think this is a great group because you guys have experienced something unbelievably unique with a COVID season in your senior years. So um, I'm sure we'll get to talk to that, talk about that here as we go through our conversation. But before that, you know, Vinny, I want to start with you just because you were the, the first one to arrive on campus. And, and one of the questions I've asked pretty much every guest we had is, how did you find your way to Hamilton College? What put you in position to choose Hamilton and join Hamilton and make the decision to become a Continental? Yeah, well, I think Coach Kremer, obviously, who you're familiar with, uh, my high school coach, when I went to boarding school, I think he kind of opened my eyes to the possibility of playing the NESCAC, um, taking the extra year to like get better grades, uh, I started to get schools around the NESCAC and like around uh, upstate New York. And so he kind of mentioned Hamilton to me, obviously, because Nate, his son, went there. And then I met you in the fall at the open gym and just did more research on the school and started to fall in love with it. Came on the visit in the spring. It was great weather. Um, obviously, that wasn't the main forecast here, but I think that sold me on the school, just how nice the campus was and how beautiful it looked in the springtime and all the other things that I learned when I got here. But I would say, yeah, Coach Kremer was a big facilitator in putting me in contact with him. Yeah, Joe Kremer has been one of our best recruiters here over the years. You know, certainly had his son come here as well with Nate, like you said, and then you as well. But he's he's always been a, a great proponent of Hamilton basketball. And as he's been in the prep schools, he's certainly reached out and tried to help us with student-athletes there as well. Once you did get here, what was it like? What were your first thoughts of being on campus? What were your first thoughts of some of the other members in your class? Because you came in a class of four at that time. Yeah, well, I met Mark uh, and Ken and Child actually like two months prior um, up here in June. So I, I feel like with those three, I could tell early on I was very comfortable with them, um, just like off the court, not even playing basketball. So I was very uh, grateful for that. I, I figured I'd have a good group of friends with them. And then when I met the team, but... I would say I was pretty familiar with the school. Uh, my boarding school kind of reminded me of a smaller Hamilton. That's how uh, Coach Kramer described it, like the demographic of the people, um, the layout of the campus. But I would say um, the biggest thing I was struck by was just how uh, attentive the professors were. I didn't think at a school that was much bigger than a boarding school, there was still so much, still so much individual attention. So that's the main thing that stood out to me was the availability and the helpfulness of the professors. Great. And then Mike, let, let's hear your story about how you found Hamilton. I knew it was a year later than Vince, but you know, you made a decision relatively early in the fall of your senior year. And you know, what were some of the factors that stood out for you? Yeah. Well, so coach, I got in contact with you through like NCSA, which is that recruiting profile online. And you're one of the first coaches that reached out to me and I remember telling my dad, hey, I got this email from Coach Stockwell at Hamilton College. And he was like, Hamilton, I think uh, your grandfather would even be all right with you going there instead of Manhattan. And um, so I came up, I visited, and it was the only school I really visited seriously. I visited here in the University of Miami in Coral Gables, um, and obviously vastly different. And I came up and spent the day with Mike Grassy, and he wasn't really trying to put on like a show of like recruiting or anything. I was actually just in his room watching him play FIFA. And, shoot on the mini hoop. And uh, I could really just tell that this was the right spot for me. And the group of guys is what really sold me on it. Just the immediate community that those guys kind of brought me into. And I was just kind of a fly on the wall, like watching. And I could tell everybody really liked each other and really liked being there together. So 
So you're saying we beat out the ACC for a crew. Is that that's what I'm hearing from this part of the conversation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's typical, typical for a Hamilton and the Nescat school for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So you mentioned Michael Grassi. He's uh, from Winchester, Mass. And Spencer, yeah. Winchester is not far from your hometown of Lexington. So, you know, your process was around the same time as Michael's of choosing a college. And did that have any factor for you having – a guy who wasn't that far from your town also played on the same AU team with Middlesex Magic. You know, how, how did your process look? Yeah, it felt, it felt nice just to have a little bit, like I didn't really know Mike until I got to Hamilton. I met him on my recruiting visit, but it was just nice, nice to know that someone from my area that played in my high school league and used to beat my team all the time um, and was on my AU team was found success at Hamilton and really felt like he was thriving there. So that helped a lot, but my my process to Hamilton was was definitely interesting. Like I feel like a lot of the guys on my team knew they wanted to play college basketball from the time they were like in middle school or maybe even before that, and that just wasn't really me. You know, I wasn't I didn't specialize in any sport really. Um, I was playing football and basketball all through high school. My first college visit, I went to Middlebury on a football uh, recruiting trip. So, but then yeah, I mean. I kind of identified the basketball was what I wanted to do. And I identified that like the small liberal arts NESCAC school would just be a fantastic place to combine like um, a rigorous education with high level division three basketball. And so I kind of bumped around the NESCACs, talked to different coaches and um, narrowed it down to a few. And then I, I don't know, I was kind of like having trouble deciding. And then I talked to like people in my inner circle and everyone was pretty unanimous, unanimously in agreement that Hamilton would be like the best landing spot for me. So at that point, I was like, there seems to be consensus here. And I mean, looking back, I really I couldn't have asked for a better experience. I mean, COVID was difficult, but like I have no regrets about my decision back then. I remember with you, it was interesting just because you, you had a football season going on in the fall. And, you know, a lot of times we have a lot of guys come visit and kind of working around your football games and schedule and things like that was that was interesting at that time. Yeah, I think I think I had a game on a Friday night and then I drove out Saturday morning. At the, uh, yeah, we used to do like these not like lifts, but just like body weight lifts after game days. So I think I was pretty happy to get out of that and go see somewhere new but yeah i don't i don't think i'd been to upstate new york until i uh started looking at schools for anything well you lucked out that you have now spencer right that's a good thing yeah great you know so great processes a little di different for all three of you you know all of you once you got to campus certainly it, it's a new environment Vinny, you had the, the prep school experience for a year and, and kind of had that chance to move away from home a little bit and see what that was like and then spencer and mike you're both coming from from high schools you know, what was your what were your first thoughts there in the fall as, as guys started to play pickup or you're in dynamic fitness or you started to get into the, your course load academically and just kind of figure things out on campus? You know, what were some things that stood out in your minds for that first semester here when you were a Continental finally? Well, for me, I remember like just having such a structured life at home and not really having to think about how I was going to spend my time. And because of that, the academics started off a little bit slow for me and it was kind of a new way of thinking that I had to get introduced to. I think pretty much everybody who comes through Hamilton realizes that and that you're not really getting the same education that you've gotten before. It's a completely different way of thinking where you have to combine the skills you've learned across every single class into one skill set that you can then apply to different classes at once. And um, for me, that was tough. And after that kind of freshman year and you telling me like I needed to spend my time a little bit better and really focus on school as more of a job instead of like just something I did in addition to the rest of my stuff. And uh, that really helped me out. And I really realized that in order to succeed here, that that had to always be first and that basketball obviously was a very close second. And then everything else was extra. And um, so I think what made it easier though, was having the older guys above me kind of leading me along and saying like, all right, well, where are those guys? They were always in the library or in the gym. Um, so spending time with them meant doing the right things. And so that really helped out. Yeah, just building kind of off that what Mike said about the older guys. I think my favorite thing, and it surprised me back then, but it seems pretty obvious now. But my favorite thing when I first got here was just that, like, immediately I, I didn't feel like I had to kind of earn my earn my stripes at all. Immediately I just felt like I was a part of the team just as much as, like, 
our senior captain or our leading scorer, you know, just because I was like a freshman and had spent very, I had just gotten there. It felt like I was just as much part of the team and just having that kind of built in friend group immediately when you get to college, like, I mean, it's a luxury that not everyone has. It's, it was really one of the nicest things about Hamilton is that you just come in and all these guys are just so welcoming and like willing to, you can kind of just be who you are and, not be worried. I don't know. It was just, it was a fantastic uh, opportunity for me, honestly. Yeah. I would say similar to Mike from an academic standpoint, I kind of needed like another wake up call. Um, I assumed I would have learned. Really cool, but I definitely needed the half semester to really kind of like get my butt kicked uh, to realize the level of like work I needed to put in for like the rest of my Hamilton career. So I think it was like essential and it was good that I came here because it happened to me. And there were so many professors to help, but also like Mike and Spencer saying, like guys on the team, like Carlos, when I came, Feynman, uh, he was a senior and he was probably one of my like closest friends on the team. So that showed me how welcoming uh, the whole team was and how comfortable I was from the beginning. But I would say Kenna uh, Gilmore, who was in my class, actually helped me a lot from like an academic standpoint. I think he just, being around him, just because we spent a lot of time together, I saw how hard he worked in the classroom and I kind of wanted, I already saw the basketball, but how hard he worked in the classroom, it kind of like made me like just be around work more and just like have habitually just helped me get better habits when it came to like academics. Yeah. The habits make the difference across everything. And certainly sounds like early on, you guys were able to figure out the academic habits and why all three of you are in some great place and moving forward after graduation and excited about the next steps. So, now let's get into the basketball a little bit. You know, so you guys were all pretty fortunate to be involved in the most recent NCAA teams here in a couple of seasons where we got back, Hamilton returned to the NCAA tournament, had some great success in the NESCAC in the regular season, the tournament as well, and then made your way to the Street 16 two years in a row. You know, if one of you or a couple of you could just talk about what was that like being part of a team that was starting off a year 15 and 0 or 13 and 1 over the course of two different seasons and just a lot of wins and then competing against some of the best teams in the country and getting the NCAA tournament. What, what are some of your thoughts or memories that stood out the most over those seasons? Well, for me, it made me want to be uh, kind of a star in my role in whatever capacity that was freshman, sophomore year, even though I wasn't playing much as a younger guy and somebody who did have some work to do and playing at a new pace. Um, it made it really easy to be a great teammate. And it's something that you want to be, uh, as supportive as you can of the guys around you because you know everybody's working so hard and everybody's like really enjoying the payoff of that um, and obviously being in the sweet 16 is you know one of those memories that I'm going to have forever and especially that sophomore year when we were playing at home and having the packed crowd and that energy that's something that you know you can't recreate in any facet of your life besides that and there's going to be nothing that I'll remember in the same way as playing in Margaret Bundy Scott when it's packed and it's so loud and you can't even hear your own thoughts. Like there's nothing better than that. So that's something that I'm really going to cherish forever. Yeah, I could, I could say something. I mean, I, so I come, I came from a public high school in, outside of Massachusetts. It's actually bigger than Hamilton, which is kind of a wild statistic, but my high school basketball team was just, like there was just never too many people invested in the team, which frustrated me often. And then I got here and just was immediately so like blown away by just the team culture. And then, I mean, I knew we were talented. I knew we were, when I was looking at the roster, when I was getting recruited, I knew that they were young, they were turning a lot of guys. So I really like, I can't say I knew how good we were going to be my freshman year, but I knew that this team was going to be talented and just based off the conversations I've had with players when I was visiting, but yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty insane for me, honestly, just like, like you said, starting off like 15 and zero or something, um, you know, and I was kind of like, I came in and I wasn't really sure what, how, what contributions I would be making. Like Mike was kind of talking about like understanding your role. I think there's always this duality where like you have to understand your role, but you also have to have like a forward thinking mindset of improvement, which is tough to navigate at times. But like for me, I like, I, I mean, I wasn't playing a ton, but I was like definitely thrown into the fire a little bit. And it was just like, just, yeah, just having that level of trust to just like from you and from coach jobs, just to like get in and 
like help out here and there. Maybe maybe get a rebound or foul a big dude or something. <laughs> uh yeah it was, it was unbelievable and it was something that i'd never really experienced in high school so it was it just made it 10 times better yeah i mean you two guys when you came in as freshmen you know Vinny's class was a sophomore Vinny, kenna mark and shio and then you had this junior class michael grassy andrew roll tim doyle and pete hoffman who ended up having collectively just a ton of stats and then and a lot of wins. And then he had a senior group of Joe Pucci, Jack Dwyer, Matt Morris at that time, who were outstanding leaders, bought in the yeah. team wholeheartedly. And, you know, for you guys, just like you just said, as freshmen, you got to see that firsthand that, Hey, these guys are pretty talented. I got to fill a role, whatever I can to try to help the team, but then I'm also going to work hard to try to be in that position down the road. And, you know, I think it's a testament to you guys for sure is that you bought into being a team first, pair of guys you know just embrace that and, and have embraced that your entire careers you know Vinny for you it was a little different you've already been here for a year so you'd been through a season and kind of competed that freshman year and you know, made the playoffs in the next gap but lost in the first round did you have a different sense of how the next season was going to go as a sophomore was it a little different feeling did did you feel like the sophomore year is going to be different than the freshman or did you just feel like it was a natural progression you know any thoughts that you have with a little different perspective Oh uh, yeah, I would say I could tell that we were definitely on a trajectory from like when I visited to this year and then in the future, mainly because like you mentioned the upperclassmen, I think uh, just like you look at them for habits, like daily habits, like how much are you going to the gym? Are you taking care of your body? All those little things that add up to like a successful season. I think seeing uh, like Pete and Mike uh, go up in their grade and like you said, Joe and Jack, and that they just had great leadership. And I think as that went on, it was kind of down with all the hard work everyone was putting in, uh, coaches and players. I think it's just made sense that there was a natural progression. Like you said, I didn't ever imagine starting a season 14 and 0. I feel like I've been on good teams, but not teams that like, you know, just had those type of starts. So I think it was something I really enjoyed. Um, and just playing in the NCAA tournament, I just tried not to take it for granted, you know, being off some off campus from one of them. But it was just like a great experience for the upperclassmen. Like even the next year, like every year, the upperclassmen took on the role to really show the way. And I think that helped all three classes under them or two classes under them. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what you want from any program that's aspiring to be top five nationally or national champions and competing at that national level is you start to see as guys get older, they take ownership of the program and, and make sure the standards and expectations are met and surpassed on a daily basis for sure. So over those two years, you know, making the sweet 16, both years, having some great games in NESCAC play NESCAC tournament in the NSA tournament. Does each of you have a game or two that stand out above the others that, that you think about, or you think back to, or you just really enjoyed I know a lot of times guys will talk about the game against Christopher Newport at home where the, the place was just packed beyond belief. Um, and despite a tough result, it was just, it was an awesome atmosphere, awesome college basketball game. Um, anything that stands out for any of you? I would say that game uh, away against Williams where Grassy, despite having not played as well as he wanted to in the previous few games, I remember being in and, you know, being posting up in the post and seeing the look on Grassy's face, like as he just was ripping threes and just like making them go in. And then that last play where, um, you know, they, everybody in the gym thought we were going to Kenna and then the ball goes to Mark and Mark hits that three. And then we come down and kind of finishes it off with a dunk. Like that was electric. That was for me, like really how we've been trying to play for a while with that grit and that like not being scared of like whoever was in the gym against us and just really going out there and playing our basketball. And that's something that uh, for me was really important. It kind of like stands out as like the quintessential Hamilton basketball game of that season, despite like it not being as packed as the other atmospheres that we had, like moving forward after that. But for me, I, I just love that game. Yeah. So in that game, Mike Grassi uh, went five for seven from three and had five threes in the first half. And if I remember right, a couple of them were pretty deep. Um, yeah. fair back yeah. and, and knowing Michael Grassi as we do, he always had that confidence and that swagger to just let it rip. And yep. I think at halftime we were up a couple points and, and a lot of reason was because Mike was just knocking down some jumpers from deep. So it, it's yeah. always fun when you got your shooters knocking down shots, makes everything go a little bit easier. And then certainly kind of made a great pass to Lutz at the end of Mark Lutz at the end of the game, class of 20. 
knocked down a big three and got us a big road win. I, I think the night before, if you guys remember, we had a really tough loss to Middlebury at their place. Mm-hmm. It came down to the last possession of the game. And, you know, you're we always on the road trying to get two, hoping that you get at least one. And, uh, you know, coming back to play Williams on the second day of the weekend, the guys really stepped up, made some great plays, and got us a good win. So Yeah. We really Vinny, forgot that tough loss quick, too. Well, you had no choice, right? That's a, that's a yeah. great thing. The NESCAC, you play Friday night at 7, you play Saturday at 3, and you've got to be ready to go Saturday morning. You know, once that Friday, yeah. once you wake up Saturday morning, it's a new day, and you got to figure out how to take that step forward and, and try to make that day as good as possible. So, yeah. How about Vinny? Vinny, for you, any games that really pop in your memory over those two seasons? Well, I really liked – I mean, I wasn't at the game or really in the vicinity, but I really liked the first game against – I forget the name of the school, but it was this uh, – their Mike and Spence's sophomore year. It was at Penn State Baron. Penn State yeah. Baron. Because I assume, like, you know, we were, like, the basically one of the top seeds in the country, and they were low. And they were, like, a very scrappy team. And there were times I felt like the team could have, like, let go of the rope and gave in to the comeback, but they never did. And even – at the end of the game, like highest pressure moment, they stayed disciplined and, and uh, saw it through. I know that's gone a lot of other ways I've seen and just watching basketball all the time. So it was like very heart wrenching, I guess, to watch, like from home especially. But it was a very great memory for me because I thought it was a very gutsy win. You know, it was very easy to roll over. But I thought I said a lot about the coaches and everybody on the team, you know, to just stick with it kind of like they have been doing all last two seasons, like those two NCAA tournaments. Yeah, that was, that was quite the game. You know, Penn State Baron, one of the best coach teams in the country, had a lot of seniors, veterans, had been through a lot of tough games, and they were up pretty much the whole game. You know, they did a great job breaking down our defense, uh, attacking our press, and they were up double digits. And, you know, we were really fortunate that, <clears throat> you know, you guys stepped up, made some great, Presses, create some turnovers, got the game going fast again. And at the end, we had just enough points to get over the hurdle. Uh, we survived a couple tips, a shot from eight feet from them to get the get through the game right at the end of the buzzer. So yeah, it was a fun game. That was a great atmosphere, too. You know, I, I know, Vinny, you know, you were out at that time recovering from an injury. Um, but in, in the field house, we started to have students and faculty come over to the end of our game because I think there was also at the time there might have been hockey going on at the same time. So we just ended up having this flow of students, faculty, staff, community members come into the field house and make it pretty even louder than it was towards the last five, 10 minutes of the game as, as we were making a run to come back. You know, before I, I get to Spencer with, with one of his favorite games, you know, Vinny, you talked about not being here at the game. You know, unfortunately, you had a really tough injury that year and weren't on campus for much of the season. You know, could you just talk about what that was like and kind of explain the injury a little bit and kind of your thoughts going through it, having been such an integral part of the NCAA tournament appearance in Sweet 16 the year before? You know, how hard was that for you sitting out that year and, and knowing that you weren't on campus with some of your buddies? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough just because I felt like I actually had like a good summer of like working out and it happened, the injury happened so late in the summer happened basically like at the end of July. So it kind of put me in like a pine. But I think the biggest thing for me was just I knew how talented the team was. And like I talked about before, there was great leadership. And I felt like it was all coming together as it did. Um, so I just wanted to be a part of Just even be on campus and healthy. So I, I injured my ACL. I tore it. And I slightly tore my meniscus. And I guess I was naive enough to think that I could like rehab and Back, even though the doctors said it was kind of very much uh, a, something that couldn't work, but I figured why not um, just have a chance to play. So I think when I, once I got hurt, it kind of got hurt in October playing. You know, I spent those three months rehabbing. I think it was like a big shot uh, to the gut, honestly. It kind of made me start back over, even though I kind of knew it was a possibility. So I think the biggest thing for me going home was just to like, get the strength mentally to go through the rehab. I feel like I had done, you know, months and months of rehab without like an outlet, like basketball that was there. Um, I kind of just wanted to go home and like get my mind and, and body right. And the rehab was like really tough. Um, I haven't been through other major injuries, but I think the biggest thing with those rehabs is like the stiffness um, and really trying to get your knee or your ankle or whatever it is, like back to feeling like fluid and like strong enough. I, it took me up until this past like July 
August in quarantine for finally feeling normal. How it did like a year and a half or two years ago. So I think that was the biggest thing with coming back, you know, like trusting my knee, like changing my game, like how I played, which I didn't think was a bad thing. Um, but yeah, just like trusting my knee was a very tough process. But I think throughout the whole thing, I learned what uh, I could have gained from it. Like, I think it was definitely a blessing in disguise. I learned a lot about like myself, my ego, a lot of things that would help me like pass basketball, like for my life, you know, being a better, uh, all that. so I think it was, obviously I didn't want to miss uh, my junior year and how it had turned out, but I think it turned out like the way it should have, because I feel like I'm way more mature than I was two years ago. So I feel like that's how I try to get it. Well, I know, Vinny, I think you handle it unbelievably well. You know, it's it's such a devastating injury to have, and especially the timing of it, you know, going into junior year, which for a lot of guys is a big year, and, and having teammates and friends and leaders that you felt really good about. But I know just Coach Dobbs and I have talked about this several times this spring as, as we've been working out, and you guys have been doing stuff, and you look back better than you were before the injury, to be honest with you. And that's a testament to you staying positive, looking at the silver lining of it, and then just working your tail off over the last couple of years. So, there's no doubt for us that Emerson is very, very lucky to have you coming on board next year. And, and we're excited to see you get out there and hoop it up again. So thanks for sharing that. And I know it's, it's a hard thing to talk about probably at times, but you know, I think it's, it gives great perspective on how people can overcome adversity, you know, and, and you never know when it's going to pop up and your timing was tough, but you handled it as well as anybody. And have really taken steps well past that. So that's a testament to you. So Spencer, what games, any games that jump out in your mind over those two years, you know, Basically, we played you know, pretty much 60 games almost over two seasons. So any that stand out more than others or fun moments in games? Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to I was going to use uh, the Penn State Baron game as well. But I think Vince covered that pretty thoroughly. I would just say about that game, I think when we finally so we had our back against the wall the whole time, it would have been easy to just give up. Honestly, we had all those people in attendance. I think everyone was feeling a little disappointed. I don't know what the biggest uh, deficit, but um, I think that at one point we, we started coming back and then I think Kenneth had a fast break, like in and out cross um, and then to take the lead. And I think that was the loudest I've ever heard the field house. Yeah. It, it like, it like legit felt like we were in like the TD garden or something. I mean, obviously it wasn't quite that loud, but I, yeah, that was unbelievable. But then, so, I mean, I'll give you a different one just so we don't cover that game too much, but and this game is interesting because it was my freshman year in the second round. And I think like in your head, maybe you have like a little bit of bias towards like games that you played well, but this is, is the exact opposite example. I, I think this is my worst NCAA tournament game ever, but we played York in Pennsylvania <laughs> at their place. And honestly, I think there's an argument to be made that that was maybe the most talented team played. They had three guys in the senior class that were over a thousand points, correct? I'm two, pretty sure two, you're big, right. yep. two big dudes. And I, like, so I was coming in and I was guarding, like I was kind of in this fluid position those first two years where like I would come in off the bench when Grohl wasn't in sometimes and be playing like the five or something. Oh no, actually I think that year I would play with Grohl more and put the four, but I just remember guarding that big dude. I think his name was Dalton something. And I, I think I fouled out with like six minutes left <laughs> in the fourth quarter with, I think I, yeah. So, that game, but that game was insane just because we that was on the road. Our sophomore year was amazing because we got to play in front of our own fans and we felt like expectations. But this that game we just won in like and we, we hadn't I mean they hadn't I mean it was my first year, but they hadn't been to the tournament. Like no one really knew what to expect from us. And there was I mean, I think we're lucky that uh, they had just gone on spring break because if they had students there, I think the place would have been sold out and that gym was huge. But all I can, oh man, that game, like, it's so long ago, but it just still feels kind of, like, surreal. Like, I remember when that, they took a three, uh, and it rimmed off, and we won. And I just remember, like, going crazy, just going insane. I think Joe Pucci's brother was, like, screaming at the top <laughs> of the phones. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was really fun. Something about being on the road and having the odds stacked against you and just coming out on top, that, that one will always stand out to me. That was an awesome game. Yeah, three-point win. They had some really talented guys. And going on the road, playing against a team that theoretically was the favorite, right? That's kind of the mindset that people have when you're playing the host team. And 
to be able to win on the road to go to the Sweet 16 is is awesome. And that was probably, you know, as Coach Dobbs and I talk about it, probably one of the more complete games that we played over those couple of years, you know, where that team was talented, defended, mixed it up defensively with some zones and some man. And then, you know, for us to do a lot of different things and play two different styles over that weekend was a lot of fun. I know for me, one of the stretches that I was really excited about thinking about this time was our winter break tournament when we went down to Moravian and we played Lebanon Valley and, and we played Moravian, ended up playing them both. And we were undefeated at that point. And we've had some good wins. We had a couple close games, um, but we hadn't, I don't think we played anybody at that point yet that had really been a team that was looked at as going to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, it turns out down the road, Lebanon Valley and Moravian both made it in the NCAA tournament. And to go on the road right after winter break, play a team in Lebanon Valley who had a great big guy and an, I think maybe a 1,500-point score as a guard, a Division II transfer, and then play a host school that just presses you the whole game. I thought that weekend really said a lot about where we could go for the rest of the season. And, you know, it was a lot of fun as coaches just to see, hey, you guys did that weekend, and then he kept going. You know, he didn't stop, kept pushing forward. So how about, you know, any funny moments that you guys have, any great stories that you could share that, you know, are politically correct here on there and (laughs) age appropriate for people to hear, you know, something that stands out maybe on the road when you're traveling or something in practice or in the, in the locker room that's, that's shareable with others. You know, listen, you had Michael Grassi on the team. You have to have something funny going on, right? The first thing that comes to mind is just all those times in Olive Garden where we're all sitting there as a team, like coaches, Steph, and just like cracking jokes as a whole table. Like, I mean, all that stuff is great. And uh, I think we kind of had a tradition that may have ended after my freshman year when we kind of forgot to continue it on. Well, maybe I guess my (laughs) sophomore year too, where we would kind of sit in the back of the bus and uh, assign like what people's jobs would be like based on personality. And, uh, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. the, the, those are just great moments where it's like everybody comes together and kind of drops their ego and just like makes jokes about themselves. Uh, speaking of the bus, <laughs> I just thought of this, but you guys, uh, we used to have this big heavy speaker, the big blue party, I believe it was called. And one day, I don't know who it was. I don't think it was me, but it's a very me thing. But someone decided to put it like in the up, <laughs> the top oh. compartment. And I don't remember what game this was, but the bus took a turn one time. And the big, probably like 20 pound speaker just came out and landed right on Pete. <laughs> it was like our second leading score. I think it was a big game, too. I just, I just remember looking over at Pete and he was like, What in the world? <laughs> he got smacked by the big blue party. That was, that was something. On the buses, I remember we played this game called Heads Up a lot. Oh, great one. You know, put them on your head and guess Oh, yeah. Those are always fun. And then also the best thing was it made the bus time go by like that because you were actually enjoying yourself or something like uh, on your phone in the corner. So I think it was that. And it showed like the, the chemistry. Really well. Yeah, I think also that's playing Crazy Eights. Oh, yeah. I was about to out. say California and Crazy Eights. We were, <laughs> that was so competitive. Yeah, it was fun to hear you guys playing games in the back from up front. All of a sudden, someone get really fired up when you're playing heads up or something. The clock's ticking down and guys are talking trash to each other or crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's fun to hear from the front. and just It's nice to hear guys having fun and, and staying connected because you know you've got a good thing going as, as opposed to everybody staring at their own screen or watching their own movie. Um, you know, you've mentioned a bunch of your teammates here over time. You know, there's a couple that I definitely want to talk with just so, so people have a perspective on who they were like and what they were like as people. You know, Kenneth Gilmore is our most recent All-American, had a million awards here during his time, both as an athlete, but even more importantly, as a student and person, uh, which is equally as important for our program. Uh, finished top five all-time scoring here at Hamilton. You know, Vinny, you came in, into Hamilton with him as a freshman. You know, can you just speak a little bit about what you thought of him and what he was like as a player? Obviously, people seen the highlights and, you know, seen the dunks and the scoring and all that, but also what he was like as a teammate and friend. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I noticed about him that he, it's, it's a very hard thing to do. Like I feel like in our society, he's like very much did whatever he wanted to do, like in a good way. Like he didn't follow trends. That's something I noticed about him early on. That's hard to do in college, but um, he was just a really nice guy, like um, very kind hearted. Uh, he would always like look out for his friends and, or even people he didn't know. Um, 
that's one of the one of the things I noticed about him. He would always like reach out to Shao and I, even when he didn't know us that well. And we we're going to the gym, you know, just to tag along. Um, and then, like you know, playing basketball with him was like a whole different experience. Uh, the first time I met him was he came to my school for an open gym run, and he got the ball on the wing, uh, crossed over my friend, and then dunked on my other friend. <laughs> I was very surprised we went to the same school, to be honest. But um, yeah, he's like one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. Um, and uh, but like you said, that's not as important as like the person he was. Like very humble in all his like awards. You know, he just kept working hard. So what was coming next? So I think he's very admirable. He was always trying to get better. Even each year, he was improving academically and but he always told me he was trying to grow up. And I think that's like very admirable to have and like a friend or just someone you look up to. So I was very grateful that kind of, I came in the kind of class. Yeah, he ended up being Johnson's Trophy winner in 2020, which is the National Basketball Student Athlete of the Year for Division Three, And he was also the James Soper Merrill Prize winner here at Hamilton, which is a huge award for the senior class at commencement. And I think both are unbelievably well-deserved, in addition to a million other awards that he earned during his time. Spencer Mike, one other guy who you guys got a chance to play with, who was a three-time all-NESCAC player, was Pete Hoffman. Um, and you guys, as front court players, had to guard him, battle him in practice a lot, played with him some. Um, if you could just speak to Pete and kind of what he was like and you know, the impact that he had on the program as well, even though he wasn't an All-American, he was certainly unbelievably invaluable to the program's success over those years. Yeah, I mean, Pete was a guy who was Mr. Cool and not in the sense that he was too cool to like try hard. He just never got phased. And he was always going to play Pete Hoffman basketball, regardless of like how many free throws he missed, how many fouls he gave or how many threes he missed. Too. I mean, he just was getting to the rim every single time he wanted to. And no matter how big the moment, he would never got too high or too low. No matter what happened in the game, like he was really just somebody who was going to lead by example and just do his job to the best of his ability regardless and you know guarding him in open gym I was always like all right well this is a bucket for the other team um and uh, most of the time I was right so <laughs> yeah I would just I mean you kind of so you mentioned that he was a front court player but I would just say that like he was really like a Swiss army knife more than anything just because like I mean Pete it was a big big dude like he, he was 6'6 probably 215 210. I don't know how accurate that is, but at the same time, like he played point guard in high school. Like he was a very unique player in that he was, he didn't look at, like I, I was, I know, I think Mike was probably a big dude in high school too, but like I was like the tallest kid on my team, but like he was in high school uh, taking the ball up the court and like he just some of the things he can do is so quiet. Like you don't remember, like I'll give one example, like just his. We were playing at Tufts my freshman year, and I don't even know what the scenario was in the game. Um, and Pete just had the ball on kind of like the right wing or um, and just did an in and out with his left, like froze the defender, took like one or two dribbles, and then went off his opposite foot and crammed it with his left hand. And I, I actually was like my jaw dropped just because I was like, I've never seen him do that. Like, I, I yeah. think I, maybe I've seen him dunk with the left and, like, warm-up lines. But, like, first he, like, froze the kid and then had, like, with – I don't know. It's just something about that. Like, he has this, like, natural, like, fluidness to his game that, like, not a lot of people have. Like, I don't know if you could – I don't even, even know if that's something that you can get, like, just by being in the gym. There's just something about his game. I think he's just, like, overall, like, an amazing athlete. And like Mike was saying, like, calm, cool, collected, just always level-headed. P was really amazing for us. Those first and, and I hope people recognize Spencer that you probably have as many dunks in your repertoire as anybody else. So if, if you're saying <laughs> that a dunk is jaw dropping, then that's that's probably pretty substantial praise. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. get much higher yeah, yeah. than that. So. We we had some uh, we had some good one. I think the biggest the biggest uh, dunk we were stolen of is Kenna at SUNY Poly. Oh. One of those years he. Uh, absolutely baptized a defender and the cameraman was had the camera on the opposite end so i maybe did it on purpose maybe he knew it was about that before i think he did yeah there was some good dunks 
Yeah, well, you had a great one against Penn State Baron. I know that one has been uh, a lot of pictures of that have been shown around different places. Um, That's on the Instagram, huh, Spence? Yeah. I yeah, know there was a huge alley oop against Tufts at home one year when they were icing oh, ball yeah. screens. Tim Doyle threw oh, it yeah. up to you and he just hammered that I one hard. The crowd went nuts. Yeah, I was thinking about that yesterday because I, I I know you mentioned it, but Vinny's freshman year when you guys played at Tufts, I actually went to that game because Tufts is pretty close to my house. And, like, it was a pretty close game. And then they had this kid, uh, KJ Garrett, and he kind of had a sequence where he had, he went down the baseline and threw one down and then caught a lob and threw that down. And the place was going bananas and I don't think you guys ever it ever was I mean I don't think it definitely wasn't a blowout but I don't think it was ever really in question after that so then my sophomore year right this is my sophomore year mm-hmm. yeah so it was kind of a similar sequence so I think I, we kind of got some payback I mean I wasn't on the team but I was watching it but like it was like a close game like that and then they were the way they were defending the ball screens they were icing it which pretty much just left me with a free run if uh Tim Tim would just like drop it off. So the first time he just dropped it off and I got like a wide open run to the rim, which was easy. But then the second time they were kind of ready for it for the little drop off. So then he backed it up and went full speed. And I don't even think Tim threw a lob. I think it was a just pass. Oh, was it? But I was just going up. I yeah, I don't think he planned for it to be a lob, but I don't know. I was just running to the rim. I mean, that's always fun. It's just but yeah, we kind I think we kind of uh I think we kind of were secure after that. I mean, they might have been able to come back. But those games were tough. Something about playing versus toughs. I mean, it's not like my hometown team, but those are just – I always found those to be really fun. Yeah, that's my favorite team to play against for sure. Yeah, well, we played them four straight years in the playoffs, you know, so we played yeah. them eight times. You know, I know Amherst, Williams, and Wesleyan have the little three matchup, and the main schools have the CBB where they play each other a second time, but none of the rest of us really do that. So for us to play them four straight years in the postseason, that, that's pretty uncommon to have that happen. And, you know, a couple times there, a couple times here, and they were all relatively competitive games for the most part, made it fun. Well, great. So, you know, over the course of the four years, 16 and 9, 24 and 5, 25 and 5, 16 and 9, kind of a, a great stretch for any class coming through and a lot of excitement there. And then now we get to this season here, which would be your last season of playing and the pandemic comes and COVID. And all of a sudden, as we know now, going through the year, games are canceled all over the country. Schools have students on campus, don't have students on campus. It's just so many uncertainties and so many changes that are constantly readjusting. And certainly as this is going on, there's unbelievable tragedy around the country and around the world. You know, for you guys, you know, what are some thoughts looking back and you know, now hopefully it seems like the world is starting to move forward and past this to some extent um, in, in a lot of places, but, you know, as student athletes getting ready for your senior season, that, that must've been really tough. You know, what, what were some things that went through your mind and, How'd you handle it? And, you know, just any thoughts you have, because obviously a lot of the alums in the past 50 years, they didn't experience this and this they're experiencing in their own worlds themselves. But as a college student athlete in their senior year, I thought this would be a great opportunity to hear from you guys with a really unique perspective. I think for me, the first thing I experienced obviously was intense frustration and anger and, you know, feelings of like, this isn't fair and all that stuff that like those emotions that really cloud your vision of what you got out of it. And then all of a sudden you're left with those things that everybody says are going to carry you through the rest of your life. And those lessons you learn as a student athlete, that dedication, the resilience and the ability to overcome adversity and however it appears become very apparent. And I think having been a student athlete for my entire life, and then having been a student athlete at the collegiate level where uh, at Hamilton, you have to balance so many different things in order to do the best job for yourself um, really made it easier. So in a lot of ways, like, COVID was harder because I was a student athlete and didn't have that. But I think it really allowed me to bounce back and take stock of what was really important and what I had gotten out of this. And at the end of the day, like, I almost don't feel like I, you know, I would have loved to have that senior season, but do I feel like I needed it to get the most out of my Hamilton college basketball experience? No, I think I had gotten that already. And I think that um, COVID and forcing me to take the time to see that, uh, made me realize it before I would have um, and before I really would have. And it was kind of a good thing 
coming at the end of my last year, I mean, it's never a good thing, but now going into the next chapter of my life with those things defined for myself and me realizing what I have in my toolkit as a result of my Hamilton college experience and playing basketball, I think is really important. It's a blessing that I'm going to be able to uh, be able to use going forward. And Mike, you did a great job, you know, setting yourself up early on during the pandemic, find, you know, getting a job. And that's a great opportunity in the, in the Metro Boston area. And you know, I think for you having that perspective and, and taking that moving forward to Suffolk, I, I think you're going to find that invaluable. And you're going to find a lot of situations that'll pop up that you can reference back to handling the pandemic, to basketball right. situations, to situations on campus with teammates or friends and um, so to know that you got that perspective, hopefully you can look at that as a real positive. Yeah, definitely. And it really made, uh, it really made it clear what I was looking for in a job and in a company and, um, those kind of aspects of being competitive and being able to overcome mistakes and being thrown into the fire, all things I'm going to need there and things that I really like using those tools that I really like using. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about that opportunity, but I wouldn't have really realized that it was something that I wanted to do and something that was really going to be a great thing for me had it not been for the pandemic and making me take that time to realize what I had gotten. Yeah, well said. Uh, I would say like Mike, and like when you first hear the news, it's like a lot of frustration and anger. But it made me realize also, like Mike, it's a lot of self-reflection. I feel like when my uh, season like got cut short because of injury, I had a lot of time reflecting on this time as well. I realized that all the days I spent working out and like, you know, uh, in the spring and then in the summer and then when we were on campus, like all the work I went to like going to shoot with Nick, like I realized that those were the things that really mattered. Like all those like small things that you're doing, like to enjoy the things. Um, I think I was so focused on like some type of end result, like for the team and maybe myself personally, that I thought like that all these things along the way weren't as important. And I think just COVID reinforced that more that, all the just going to the being able to go to the gym and work out or do things like that that's like what really matters so I think it really helped my perspective I feel like I tried not to take like days for granted in general um just like try to do something productive whether it's basketball or not um and like you said framing it with like everything else going on in the world I think after the first couple of weeks you digest the news then you're able to see like why it was canceled and I, I don't you frame it and also take lessons from it because you're not just um, saying why me you're like you're taking lessons from it. So I think it, it was definitely a blessing in disguise uh, again like Mike said because I feel like it forced me to do a lot that I wouldn't have done had I just been blindly preparing for the season yeah, yeah like I said earlier Vinny I think the uh, the Emerson opponents better be ready because I know you're coming and I think you've got this perspective and you've been working your tail off and really excited to see what happens for you in the next couple of years. And hopefully, you know, like you said, you feel like you're a little more mature and, you know, if those are that maturity or developing life skills, they go hand in hand. So you're just in a position where you can move forward and be really successful. And I know we're really excited to see what you do next year. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I would kind of compare my experience to the, or actually contrasted to Mike's um, in a sense, um, I mean, I talked to Mike a lot through the pandemic. Um, obviously, we've roomed together, but I think, especially as we progressed through the summer, Mike was uh, kind of a voice of reason and a little more of a realist in terms of our chances of playing basketball this year. Um, and I was a little bit of the hopeless optimist. I mean, I mean, it was, I, I mean, it was difficult trying to work out and stuff, but I think at the same time, like. For me, and I know for most of the guys on our team, like I just feel like my identity is, has been so tied to this team that I was never really able to like let go of it until I had to. Like I was never gonna accept in my mind that like we wouldn't have a season. But like I just remember in October, this was a little bit of a low blow, but I mean, so we finished our last uh, dynamic fitness of all time at whatever what time it was, like eight. We finished at eight or something. And then I, I had a shift in the uh, I had a shift in the fitness center at ten, and I started my shift. And then thirty minutes in, we got an email from John Hind. I read it. It was unfortunately the cancellation of winter sports. So I sent it to the guys, and I think I just said like "love you, fellas" or something. But I think I actually got it. I actually got the rest of that shift covered because I just couldn't sit there in my misery. But I think 
October was tough. The end of the fall semester was really tough. Just trying to kind of wrap your head around it. Like what I was saying, like, I feel like my identity and who I am and like my, um, like who people see me as on this campus, like is so tied to basketball. Like I think that it's kind of synonymous for, and then, yeah, just trying to like, I think probably Mike being a realist allowed you to gain that perspective a little quicker than me, Mike. And I just wasn't really able to move on for a little. Uh, I think I've, I have gained the perspective now. I've been reflecting a ton on my basketball experience because I've been speaking with potential employers and such. And I just feel like I like throughout the four years, like I really completely reevaluated my conception of leadership and how to optimize teams and how to be a teammate and how to be on a team where you might not be in a leadership role. I think that everyone plays an important part. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, co the cancellation was difficult, but I'm also, I'm so excited to see what the guys below me can do. And I hope that at least I feel, I still feel invested in the success of the team despite my playing days being over. So I think that's the most important thing for me is just like doing what I can to set those guys up for success. I'll tell you, Spence, that's a great point. You know, we've had in, in all of these conversations I've had with, with alumni and alumni who are also coaches, um, they've always talked about just really enjoying their experience and wanting to see the current student athletes continue to do well. And, you know, I, I think that's what you speak to very well there. And no question for anybody who's a competitive athlete and gets a level where you're competing in a NESCAC, you know, you've done something really well from an athletic perspective. And the time that it comes where you realize you're probably not going to play at that level again, moving forward, which hits all of us at some point, uh, it, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to go through. And, you know, I think every college athlete can understand exactly how you were feeling at that point. And, you know, with Mike being a realist, I, I think anybody who read every CDC, New York State and Hamilton College pamphlet or booklet about COVID and protocol, I don't know there's any way that Mike wouldn't be a realist after reading all those manuals. Every single one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> every single one. Yeah. And Spence, I think speaking to that point of being like your identity being a part of the Hamilton basketball team, I think I definitely feel that too. And I think what was one of the hardest things is the way that the pandemic and forcing you to not do anything makes you feel about yourself, especially as like people like ourselves who are goal oriented and people who are used to like seeing tangible, uh, tangible returns on your like investment and your time and seeing like that hard work pay off day to day in and out every practice, every time you step on the court, every time you play a game and having that removed, like uh, it teaches you a lesson in complacency. And I don't mean in the bad way that complacency is taken. I mean, in just being able there to sit with yourself and say like, okay, like, am I still like the same person? Am I still the person that like I've been proud of through all the times I've been working hard and all the time, all the things I've achieved. And it makes you question that. And, you know, that's a scary thing to be questioning at, you know, 21, 22 years old and being a college student going forward. It's, uh, but at the end of the day, like if you learn that lesson early, then you don't have to learn it later on. So, um, well, the best part is you all three of you can always identify as Hamilton College basketball student athletes like that. Yeah. That just never yeah. goes away. That's a bond. And I think, you know, you guys have seen that Vinny and, and Mike who are prepared with what you're doing. And Spencer, I think you're starting to see that now as you've been talking with so many companies here the last couple of months that that's a fact of who you are. And that's always part of your identity and the connection that you're going to have that's going to be unique to the small group of 300 to 400 Hamilton basketball alums that exist out there. You know, it's, it's a very unique group to be part of. You know, we've been going for a while here and, you know, I've just got one more question and, and kind of throw it out there. Then we'll let you guys get off um, the zoom, but you know, are there any people that really stood out, you know, for you guys during your experience here outside of the players and, you know, certainly obviously awesome coaches. So you can talk about them, but I don't want you to, you know, talk about, you know, other people that, that really stood out during your experience here and, and I'm just going to lead the way with one, and, and that's our, our team faculty affiliate, you know, Professor Todd Franklin, who's been an unbelievable supporter of the program, the coaches, and more importantly, just been fantastic as being every kind of role for you guys as student athletes, um, whether it's an advisor on life, on academics, on basketball, on personal situations. He's He's been fantastic in, in every single encounter that I've had and have heard from you guys. So I was wondering if any of you could just speak to your relationship or the impact that Professor Franklin's had on the program. And you know, as that guy's talking, maybe that'll allow 
you other two guys to think if there's anybody else that, that come to mind outside of the players and coaches who who've had a special impact for you. Yeah, I would say Professor Franklin has been really uh, crucial in like my um, time here academically and just like personally. Uh, like the first class I had with him, tenth grade, he basically like ripped apart my whole paper. You know, gave it his comments and he this is what it should look like. I just think the fact that he like believed I could get to that standard and then held me to that standard, uh, accountability like that accountability for the rest of my time here, even when I wasn't last became as advisor he was still checking for me and holding me accountable, not to the work that I could do, but the work that I could do if I put my best foot forward. So I think that was the biggest thing. And then personally, he was just there for me, like during the injury, like we talked about with basketball. Um, he told me like your identity is not tied to basketball, even though it really seems like it is. And I think like Mike said, I mean, however long it takes you to learn that, um, then you can really like have your value as a person be consistent throughout your life. So I, I would like to say thank you. I don't know if he'll listen to this, but definitely a big thank you to him. I think he was a very integral part for me. And it just happened that I met him in my major basketball and it worked out well. Yeah, I think uh, I think that I would be remiss if I did, if, or we as well. I, I hope you guys can touch on this too. But um, our athletic trainer, Steph, um, has been with us for the past three years and Vinny was with us for four years. Vinny probably spent more time with her than I did. I, I think the, the biggest thing, the biggest injury I had was my finger in my sophomore year. I had to get surgery on my dislocated finger. So I remember running in, freaking out, and Steph was trying to yank it back in place and <laughs> it wasn't going. But um, no, just speaking on Steph, like my sister is also an athletic trainer at the University of New Hampshire. So I definitely like, it's I def, I appreciate like just the profession and like all they're willing to do for athletes, but like I like Steph is just the absolute best, you know. She, like it's not easy. I mean, she's just going on road trips with us to Maine. I think we went to Maine two out of three years. Like I never once heard Steph complain. She was always helpful. I mean, I I could text her at like eleven and go like get some ice in the hotel at eleven at night or something, or just just always being resourceful to us and always being always had like. It's just nice to know sometimes, like to get an expert opinion on how you might be feeling, even if it like wasn't something serious. Just having like, I just I, I feel like I value her her opinion quite a bit, and I also value like her presence and knowing that like if something does happen, like there's someone that I trust and will help me out. I don't know if you guys have something to build upon there. Yeah, I mean Steph was definitely one of those people who's just so consistent day in and day out in terms of her mood, in terms of like how she approaches her work and approaches us that uh, it definitely sets you at ease, like going into practice and getting your ankle taped up by her. And just, she's always like happy to see you and always happy to like be doing her job. And so that's something that really makes it easy. Um, and then beyond that, one of my professors, uh, professor Bloom, who's now my art history thesis advisor. Um, I really credit him a lot with kind of teaching me, how to get the most out of my Hamilton experience and how to think critically about the things that I consumed subconsciously and the way that it was affecting, like how I made decisions and how I perceived like my reality, my world and how I made my own decisions. Um, and for that, I'll always be very grateful. And it's something that, uh, it, it's just a skill that I've found invaluable and something that I've really been able to use in every facet of my life and every class and how to put your own take on something uh, and how to offer your own thoughts confidently and in a way that uh, really makes sense. So uh, for him, that's for me, that's something that I'll always be grateful to him for. Last question, guys. Tell people about Marge at Commons. <laughs> She's got to be one of our biggest fans, right? No doubt. Huge no supporter doubt. of the team. Every time I go, she's just excited, wants to know how you guys are doing. I, I don't think any athletes gone through there or any student who hasn't gone through there and just been greeted in a hearty way by Marge, right? One of the best yeah. supporters out there. Yeah. I mean, I remember rolling in there looking dog tired after Dynam after throwing up every single one my freshman year and her looking at me, oh, is Coach Stockwell running you too hard? And I'd say, no, Marge, <laughs> I'm just out of shape. And, you know, she was definitely somebody who saw herself as a caretaker and somebody who like really, uh, stepped out of her role as just somebody who worked at Commons and took it upon herself to brighten up our day and like take her mind, take our mind off of whatever was going on. So 
Yeah, Marge is the best. I had to make sure we talked about Marge. Well, <laughs> fellas, thanks. This has been awesome. I think it's a great capstone to our, our po- a limited podcast series here. And, you know, your opportunity here and your experience getting a chance to play in the NCAAs, also having the experience of COVID season, I just think is, is a great conversation and unique piece that some of our other alums will be excited and fans will be excited to hear about. So I really appreciate you guys jumping on here in the middle of the day and uh, look forward to getting this out here in the near future. So thanks again. It was great to see you guys and really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, coach. Thanks coach. Thanks for having us coach.